Welcome everyone to the 11th episode, Let's Talk ICP. Today we have with us the founder of one of the most useful projects in the entire Web3 ecosystem. The project is called Kinic, a decentralized uh, Web3 content search engine that is part of uh, the content legal company ICME. Thank you for being with us today, Mr. Wyatt Benno. Yeah, thank I you for having me. I pronounce properly, Wyatt Benno. Oh, yep, that's correct. Wyatt Benno is correct. Awesome. Yeah, Wyatt, tell us your story before starting the ICME and start everything in the crypto space. Um, what is Who is Wyatt? Where you live? Your background? Yeah, I am a, a developer by trade. I'm a technical founder. I've been in the startup space for quite a while. I've Worked for private equity and VC. Um, my last project was actually a skeuomorphic office space that I started in 2019. I think it was one of the first of its kind where you would actually click click on tables in a room and you'd have a meeting virtually in the table space. Um, mm -hmm. I sold that last summer to a Swedish gamification company and I started messing around with other Web3 technologies and found the IC. Um, as a developer working with the IC at the very early days, or when it basically first came out, um, I realized quickly that it would be difficult for regular people to kind of jump in and get started with it. Um, so I thought, hey, this is hard for me as a developer. There should be a way to make this easier for regular people. Um, so I did a grant for ICME originally. Um, and my partner actually at the time uh, applied for the same thing. Like we had similar ideas at the same time. It was no code for Web3. Like, how do we get canisters up with a basically a button press? Um, I won the grant because I am an engineer and he did not. <laughs> um, so <laughs> we ended up like merging again in uh, after the MVP launch fall 2021. Um, and since then, we've had a lot of fun over the past year or so running ICME. And Kinnick, the story behind it is... Um, Pretty, I guess, understandable. It's not super hard to explain. People were pushing blogs. Like, say you're a famous blogger, a famous news agency. You come to Web3, you push a blog on the IC, and it's mm -hmm. really not discoverable. You lose a lot of SEO value. And in our original roadmap, that was always something I had planned to do, like, sometime that year. Um, find a way to make it so new applications that are built with ICME or built on the IC were easily discovered by anyone. And that was the original motivation. I didn't know if it was technically possible or not at the time uh -huh. i said hey it would be really cool to have like a data store where anyone can access and find cool stuff on the ic quickly mm -hmm. awesome great yeah I, I would like to start also before clinic uh you studied in at the university of akron akron in united states uh and then you moved to japan um also you're bilingual you can speak japanese in a native way right you speak Japanese yeah, perfectly? I actually graduated high school when I was 16 and had time before university. So I uh -huh. wanted to do foreign exchange and the foreign exchange options for me, like I didn't want to go somewhere similar. Like if I went to England or Canada or somewhere like that, it'd be like, oh, wow, same culture basically. So I wanted like mm -hmm. the opposite type of thing. So I chose either Japan, India, or Brazil at the time. Um, I was yeah. lucky enough to come to Japan. I just fell in love with the culture and ended up coming back again in university and then again after I graduated. Uh, but I think it's for me, just like one of those things, something, doing something that's hard is always valuable to me. It's like learning a language with an alphabet was a lot of fun. Um, yeah. Same with my major, like I majored in economics. And the reason why I didn't major in IT stuff, even though that was my hobby, was just because mm -hmm. it was something that was already fun. Like, why would I pay someone money uh, to teach me what I'm already doing? 
So I just like to do new challenging things. Um, it's an easy way to say it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's cool. And that, yeah, you, you mentioned about the, the code programming. Uh, you have experience more than seven years uh, to coding, programming. Uh, you have a, a knowledge in a different uh, uh, programs, language programs. Uh, uh, you have an expert in, in a wide range of, of front and back end technology, technologies, languages like Node, Ruby, Golang, Java, Elixir, Python, C, Rust. Also in database, use Mongo, Elastic, Search, Postgres, MySQL. Uh, that's crazy. And, and then the front end, uh, yeah, Angular, ELM, React, Backbone, also Web3 with an internet computer programming language, like Motoko for sure, and Solidity. Uh, we can say undoubtedly programming is one of your passions. Um, how you can learn all of these languages uh, behind the scenes, there are a lot of work, there are a lot of investigation and practice and trial and error. Uh, yeah, can you explain a little bit more about all of this, uh, the, your path for learn and be like an expert in, in all of these uh, programming languages? Yeah, I think it's important to say I was fortunate as a kid as we had a computer like I know a lot of households especially here in Japan the kids didn't have computers until they were like 18 plus or more or internet access in the United States we generally had like Windows 95 some machine laying around somewhere to mess around with and even mm -hmm. if we didn't have that we had the TI-84 like calculator that was mandated for most math classes I think the first time I ever programmed was actually on that thing which was like basic was the name of the programming language and we would all program games and rather than doing classwork, we would play the games that we programmed on our calculators. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's just like one of those weird situations where we had access to computers and the nerds at the time who would be interested in doing that stuff were easily able to create stuff at a very young age. Um, we even had Java in my high school, which is also super fortunate because even in the United States, it's like rare. Um, but what's funny about the Java classes, we did the same thing. Basically, one or two people would actually write it and we'd all share the code um, mm -hmm. and just build games the rest of the, the rest of the class. <laughs> and the teacher eventually found that out and ended up giving us all A's because you couldn't fail, flunk us all out. Um, mm -hmm. I've been programming ever since I was maybe 12 or 13 years old. It's always been a hobby and it's it was very wow. gamified for me. Um, mm -hmm. Ruby, I would say Metasploit was something I was always interested in as well, like hacking stuff. Uh, when I was like 15, 16, I would mess around with Wi-Fi. Um, at the time, mm -hmm. I was super insecure, like you could do web uh, freaking and hacking pretty easily. So Metasploit and Ruby were my first like I would say actual scripting programming languages, which really went pretty well because later on Roar or Ruby on Rails became popular and that was a whole onboard ramp. I was already, I already knew what Ruby was, could already use it. Um, but really my first job had nothing to do with programming. It was actually sales in a Japanese corporation. Um, yeah. Yeah. So like nothing at all to do with programming after I graduated. I um, was basically going to foreign companies in Japan and speaking in all Japanese, like a black suit, uh, doing the whole like passing the cards around thing. I don't know how familiar you are with Japanese culture, but there's a very like formal no. etiquette. Yeah, yeah, uh -huh. it's super, super, super formal. Um, <laughs> what ended up happening was I was at a client like doing work for them and I realized, or they basically say, hey, you're good at this engineering stuff. Just come in, you can like program it yourself. You can help build it. Um, but being sales, I knew how much I was invoicing them for at like 22 and I saw the difference mm -hmm. between my wage and what I was invoicing him for. I'm like, Oh, this is not going to work. <laughs> like, um, there's a huge gap here where I'm making this company a lot of money basically by going 
uh, going mm. there not getting paid i think it was like two thousand dollars a month or something crazy japan always has pretty low wages for new hires um uh-huh. so i quit there and immediately decided to do my own company and i've ever since then i'm 33 now so it's been like 10 years of basically mm-hmm. building and running my own companies wow nice and yeah you mentioned before about the, your your partner or your colleagues human sadaf that we interview in the podcast let's talk icp uh, a month ago Uh, yeah, considering human as a visionary and also as a good investor, um, yeah, I think he, he immediately realized the talent uh, that you have. Uh, I, I would know more about the story, about how you met Human and how you start the, the projects together and, and how it was the, the, the initial connection and then how you create the ICME Labs together. You, you convinced him or... or he convinced you or it was like at the same time, both of you, you mentioned as uh, you want to build something without coding and then start the business or how, how it works. How, how, how was the, the, the story about you and, and human? Yeah, we both applied for the grant at the same time with a similar idea. And I like, I don't think this is uh, like, it's not secret information or whatever. The person who's running the grant at the time kind of connected the dots for us like hey you both applied to the same grants maybe you should talk um she then moved on to polychain so now she's actually like an investor with polychain capital which is also an interesting uh kind of interesting uh-huh. story yeah but at the time she was running the grant program and she would always make these really like cool connections that i don't think regular people would make she's like oh you guys are the same so you might as well introduce and she was really good at that uh like matchmaking type of thing Um, but I ended up winning the grant and I put kind of the connection with Human on pause until fall that year. So I just would focus on building for like a month or two months straight. Um, and after mm-hmm. I released MVP, I realized like it's pretty impossible as a founder. Like I've done companies by myself. It's super hard trying to do things by yourself. There's a whole business aspect, a whole setting up a legal entity, et cetera, that it's just like, if you want to just sit down and build something, it shouldn't be the thing you should focus on. Um, And Human has taken off most of that stress for me. So now I can focus purely on product and getting stuff out that's useful for people. So that's the mm-hmm. relationship. And also he's, I think, way more eloquent than I am. He speaks very <laughs> clearly. Uh, <laughs> it helps yeah, he's, a, a he's a professor, right? <laughs> exactly. So it's... He's used to... Yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah. He's just very, very clear. So it's... He, um, I think he's been speaking about no code and web three for like five or six years straight. And it definitely shows in the way he talks about it. Um, and also his tweets are awesome. Like I had a, uh, Japanese friend the other day, not even, doesn't even speak English, but he's like, Human's tweets are, are awesome. Like I translate them and I love the content of his tweets, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. More, more about the ICME labs, um, for people who don't know anything about the, this fabulous project. ICME is a trailblazing no-code website, an application builder for the internet computer. Yeah, through ICME, a smooth, secure, and easy-to-use platform, users can deploy everything from blogs, storefronts, and even their own dApps directly on the blockchain without, with no code, no manuals, and no learning curve. This is awesome. Uh, yeah, can you give us more details of ICME for people who are thinking of... Um, moving or adding their business to the Web3, to, to the uh, ICME, and how, how they can uh, start create their uh, web page or switch or transfer their business to Web2 to, uh, from Web2 to Web3 through uh, ICME? 
Yeah, I think from a both a business aspect and a technical aspect, it's an interesting project because the way we think about things is everything's a, um, like you said, content Legos is a good way to mm -hmm. explain it. Everything's its own module. So we have all these canisters that you can go in and deploy with basically click of a button. Um, so if you want an NFT canister for self-minting, you can go to ICME, sign up and press deploy. If you want to gain control later on, we can give you your keys and you're free to go with it. Um, but everything we do is a module and it has both a web two and a web three API. So you can use it with a tool that you're already using. If you're using bubble, WordPress, whatever, you can actually use our modules there as well. Um, so we have this modulization of code that is, we set up to be immutable. So if you do an NFT, uh, code, you push it out and you shouldn't be changing it very often at, if at all, um, which gives it pretty unique, uh, I would say from a business perspective, a uh, pretty unique way of pushing stuff live that is not possible on web too, because you can have all these standalone cancers kind of interact with one another, connecting like Legos basically. Um, and Kinnick is actually one of those API. So like we have a whole search API that is actually being used by Definity and a few other people as well to do useful mm -hmm. things like find new websites or find, um, find what's the newest DeFi coming out on the IC or find malicious phishing sites um, that might come up on the IC to dissuade them from making more phishing sites on the IC. There's a whole bunch of useful stuff you can do with it. And it's just one mm -hmm. example of one of our modules. Um, so we have an NFT module, we have a payment module, um, which allows you to take fiat credit cards and execute smart contracts on the IC. Um, we have a search module, which is what this conversation is about, Kinnick API. Um, but with these modules, you can do super cool things like create an NFT campaign and then accept credit cards for those NFTs or create your own digital e-commerce shop. Um, part of the businesses right now actually is doing digital collectible loyalty programs. Um, you might've heard last week, Meta started doing NFTs with Instagram and before that Starbucks, um, but a bunch of companies are jumping on board doing these digital collectible loyalty programs. Um, and it's one thing you could easily do with ICME. Like you can come in, deploy a minter, uh, and also deploy the front end on chain as well. And have this full collection of uh, collectible loyalty programs without spending a lot of money or a lot doing a lot of research on mm -hmm. um, the underlying thing. So I feel like <clears throat> um, if you're going to do it and you want to do an MVP and you want to save a lot of time and money, I, starting with ICME is the best option right now. And then if you want to move it later, you're obviously free to do that. So if you want to make it more custom, more unique, whatever, you can take it off. Or even if you're using WordPress or something already, like you already have a website up and you just want to use NFTs or you just want to use one portion of Web3, you can obviously do that now. Mm -hmm. Also, one of your models has had uh, half a million unique users in only three months, right? Which one is uh, this uh, model? Is it Kinnick or... Yeah, yeah, Kinnick is a huge, like KPIs on Kinnick are insane. Um, when we first pushed it out, the design was really poor. And I think even at that aspect, like it was uh, brown, like I designed it by myself at the time. So it was really, really kind of embarrassing. It was like a brown background with like a search bar, basically. Um, and even with that, just because it was novel and people were finding useful things, it was getting like 10,000 unique hits per day. Um, they're mm -hmm. not users, they're not logged in. So we don't count them as users. We call each one a unique session, which means like a person comes in and does one to three things and then leaves, it counts as one session. And to date, we've had 5 million plus sessions of people coming on. Um, obviously, the build up to Supernova was the largest. It was 10K plus per day. 
and it's been off and on. Uh, you'll see little waves in our data um, for just hits on canisters. And the cool thing about that as well is we have to provide hits for specific canisters. Um, so if you want to see, like, if you're uh, just an example, like a, a portal adapt would be an example. You want to see where people are coming from or what search terms they were doing to find portal. You would be able to get that data from Kinegate as well. So it's just useful altogether. We obviously don't collect any personal information from our users. Um, and later on, if we do decide to allow users to create their own like um, search cancer, I would call it, then they could have full control over like their search results and what people can see anyway. So it's a pretty unique model. And I think it's people are using it uh, on both ends, the end consumers who are searching and also the people who are using the data are all finding it super useful. Yeah. This is the world's first Web3 search engine. <laughs> and also, yeah, 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 for sure. And also resolve a difficult problem to attract several people to Web3. Uh, and the thing is that discoverability for Web3 uh, not always is easier to find uh, if you want to invest or buy any NFT or buy or invest in any product. Sometimes when you Google it, you, you can find it, anything. And I think Kinnick solved this problem. Um, I'm not pretty sure you use uh, like advanced system or any method uh, to uh, find all this information, but all the things that are built on the blockchain and related with Web3 uh, in Kinnick, you can find it, right? That's super Correct. cool. Anything that is on the IC right now, you can find. There's a few other chains that have the power to host front-end content, but the thing is, is they're not as cool and they don't have as many as the IC. Mm -hmm. Uh, we researched if we could do it uh, or if it was possible to do, and we definitely could do like Airweave, Filecoin, a few other that have the potential to host front-end services. But even then, it's only a few, like a thousand plus. It's not like a huge number of uh, front-end websites running on those. But I think what's important, I think it kind of connects back to the original vision of the IC, was that if you're hosting your products on AWS or you're hosting them on a cloud provider, there's this huge centralization point. And it essentially can potentially turn off your service or mess with your service so it doesn't work anymore. And same is true with SEO. Like if you build something new and no one can find it and it's controlled by one central person, it's a huge loss for society. Like they can just say, oh, you don't exist. You don't show up in search results. It's gone. Um, so even with the fix for SEO on the IC, this I think it was like a month ago, there's still this central player. Google or whoever the search engine you use is, there's only one or two like real ones out there. Uh, they're mm -hmm. always a central player and they're always going to be able to take your data and use it the way they see fit. And if you don't play by the rules, you basically get shadow banned. Like you won't be discovered. Um, and it's discoverability is probably one of the hugest issues with Web3. If we don't have a way to make it discoverable, it's basically all for naught. And that was a huge motivation behind Kinnick as well. Like we need to get these new sites, new products up and discovered easily to be found away from this centralized web to SEO. Mm -hmm. Okay. In, in terms of growth for the ICMA labs and Kinnick, what is your expectations for the, for the next years? And also if you have a, any external support now as a like venture capitals or business angels or any other investor that are supporting now the, the project. And, and then uh, what is the, the next uh, updates for uh, ICME or for Kinnick? You mentioned about the SNS one token and you can share more information about these things, the, grow the growth and then uh, the updates for the Kinnick. 
for ICME, we're actually doing a web two focused launch on something called Product Hunt. What Product Hunt allows you to do is have it like a campaign for one day and a bunch of web two users will come and try your service. Um, but mm -hmm. what we're focusing on with that, like we just did this a few weeks ago, is we actually have our NFTs on Stoic now. So you can connect with wallets, um, but we're going to have it set up so you can make your own store. Like you can mint your own tokens, make your own store and be able to sell directly from your ICME project. Um, cool. So that's on our short term roadmap. For Kinnick, the what we're going to use right now is actually the API. So there's a lot of different things that are useful for, like even if you're building a site on IME or your ICME or you're building a site on the IC in general, there's a lot of useful information that's in there. So we're making the Web3 API more accessible for more people. Um, so you'll be able to do things like, hey, where are these users coming from or what are their search terms? Like what are they actually interested in that brings them to my website or my, my DAP? Um, or how many clicks are we actually getting from Web3? Like it's pretty, especially if we're not using uh, analytics. Like I don't use Google Analytics on any of my Web3 projects out of mm -hmm. uh, out of moral or whatever. <laughs> yeah. not, I'm not, I don't want to like give them extra data that they, they have. Uh, might be taking from your browser anyway. But yeah, we mm -hmm. don't use analytics in that sense. So I think a lot of other projects as well don't. And having a just a backend API for doing that. Um, but what we can also do, which I think is super cool, is your handle. Like if you have an at handle and you're posting stuff onto Web3 with an at handle, um, we'll just say at Dominic Williams as an example, you can actually search all Web3 via Kinnick and find what you wrote. So you might've wrote something on Nuance with your handle and you might've posted something on ICME, have your own website. As long as you have the handle somewhere, it connects the handles together and you can have something really cool like a decentralized, um, decentralized services that can... Basically, you can share your followers about them. But there's a bunch of cool stuff we can do with the API, just to make it short. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think other people, other apps that come to the ecosystem will also be able to use that as well and be able to do pretty cool stuff. Um, as far as backing goes, we did a pre-seed last year, and they're mostly angels. Um, there are people who are famous and are so famous kind of around the IC space. Um, we did that, and then we tried to go for, or still in the rounds this year for a full seed. Um, but as you know, it's a bear market, so we'll see what happens. Uh, yeah. <laughs> last year, it's not. But our whole model has always been about becoming profitable and staying profitable anyway. Like we have a B2B focused model. Like there is a, um, we are always focusing on customers and end users. And that is where we should spend our time. It shouldn't be all about fundraising. And I feel like we're going to do a quick round, um, see what happens, and then just continue from there. And I think with the what's kind of interesting about doing a round right now is the main VCs in um, the IC space, I think, are either burnt out or they're not investing as heavily as they were the first year. Mm -hmm. um, so it's a lot of I think a lot of the projects from the first year are actually trying to do rounds right now and they're hitting the same VCs. But the real cool thing about this situation is that we have to branch outside of the little bubble that we're in. So we have to yeah. go outside of the IC ecosystem to find either new investors, new companies to buy our products. And it's a huge growth event where you'll see companies doing things that are uh, last year would have been easy. Like, hey, we're just going to do an NFT and it's going to fund our entire project. Uh, this year, what we're going to do is have real people and real companies like helping fund those projects. So using it and paying for usage or uh, using a module of the company and paying for that module usage, et cetera. So it's, I think long-term, it's going to be a good thing for the IC because all these companies are going to be battle-tested, like forged in fire. Um the SNS is an interesting thing to see come out as well. We'll see how that goes. Like if it's user funded, user hosted, and user run, it's going to be pretty insane um, because mm -hmm. the people who are using it the most are obviously going to 
uh, help finance it. And it's the opposite of the VC model, which I think is, um, which is pretty interesting for centralized companies, but it's also interesting to see how it merges with this newer DAOization or DAO type model. Um, but yeah, I, it's going to be an interesting year, especially during the bear market. I actually kind of like bear markets, which might sound mean, uh, but I feel like it's as a builder, like we just get to focus on building and yeah. remove all the bullshit, uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> build our products and it, see what happens. Yeah, no, now it's time to build, right? Exactly. <laughs> the down markets is, is time to, to build for sure. Uh, okay, yeah, you mentioned also for uh, Kinik, that uh, it's running, uh, run 100% uh, on chain, on internet computer protocol. But for example, if I try to find something about uh, other blockchains, other projects, uh, I can find some information on Kinik, or this is something that you're working on or is just focusing on, on the ICP and the community of ICP, all the dApps and all the information and internet computer, or also the, focusing on other blockchains. Yeah, that's, uh, since most of the listeners here will be from the IC community, they might not like the fact, but yeah, if we, if Airweave gave me a grant to index all the Airweave canisters, I would absolutely do that. But I don't think they really care very much because there was only a thousand dApps on there. Uh, uh -huh. And they already have a list is the interesting part. There's already like a way to get all the lists from Airwave. Um, they call it the Permiweb, which is interesting. Um, but you can get from Airwave. There's probably two or three chains that we would do. And we tried to get grants from some of these. And we're either pending or we're just like, no, we're not interested. It doesn't matter to us. Like we're just going to do Web2 SEO. Um, so we'll see what happens. I think it would be interesting if they actually gave us a grant. We were able to index it. And there's a merging of these uh, front ends are these technologies that can hold front ends because I think there are some things that can superpower if we work together um, rather mm -hmm. than always trying to like this one another and out to do the other one. Because there's some cool things out there anyway. It's like area of I think is cool with the Permian web because you can actually host the files on chain 100% like forever. Yeah. I don't know if it's gonna be true or not. Like we don't know what time if it's actually gonna work out that way. But with the IC, when we have files hosted, you have to keep the cycles up or the cancer eventually disappears so that's one thing i can see a merger on like we have the program program programmability on the ic um but maybe have like legal documents hosted on airweave and have those um so they're there forever no matter what but there's some things like that i don't know just from a technical aspect that they could benefit one another from and get out of uh, the whole tribal mentality where it's only only ic we're the ic tribe we don't like anything else and work together <laughs> that's the space <laughs> Yeah, no, exactly. This is something like for sure. It's not only ICP on the on the ecosystem, and also for the success of blockchain and cryptos in general, we need to attract people from Web two, and it's not just like a like a tribe, right? It's uh, in general, if we want to like convert uh, all the Web two users to Web three, uh, we need to do it together, right? Not not just one one uh, blockchain for sure. That's the um, one yeah. thing about that real quick, just before you, we change subjects, the BTC integration for us at ICME Labs is all about that. Like if we have BTC integration, we can potentially bring in everyone from the entire group of space. Um, like I've been messing around with the marketing terminology. Like we are the uh, Lego company, the content Lego oh. company, but we're also adding in like, hey, the internet computer is potentially the polygon of Bitcoin. Like you have polygon for Ethereum, which is just faster, more scalable. Uh, smart contracts on Ethereum, we will basically or essentially have like a polygon type model for BTC where companies will be able to use it or use BTC in a much more scalable and uh, 
profitable way for them. Nice. Okay, uh, just one question more about um, people that are listening now that start their careers and want to like be a, also a programmer or entrepreneur. Um, do you have any advice to give to the audience uh, about your, yeah, your career or something like you have a, more than 12 years of experience like programming and maybe you can share something about people like are thinking now to create their own business and market is down, maybe it's not the best time, it's pretty risky. Yeah, yeah, yeah any yeah. any advice the for number one advice I would give any new founder is do not build your project for, without verification first. Um, a good way to do this is just get a landing page, make a Twitter and like have all of your most important information on the landing page and have a sign up button like sign up here to get more information before you do anything else. Like it should just be the pitch to see how many people come to your website um, and are actually interested enough to give you their email or give you uh, the ability to connect back with them. And you can do this in maybe a week or a weekend. If you're good at coding, you can use no code tools like ICME or you can use Wix, whatever you want. Just make a landing page first before you do anything. Because what we see a lot developers and first time founders is like you spend a ton of energy like building an MVP and you finally build it and there's no like no demand for it. So it's like, oh yeah, that's uh, that's whatever. Like we don't even want to use it. And if you do this yeah. other way around, it helps you in a few different ways. One, you get verification, like your idea is a good idea. Two, you actually mm -hmm. get a list of people who are your first customers, right? So you build the project um, and then you have a list of people who can go, hey, here's the project, everyone try it out. And three, in the old world, it would give you, or the old SEO world, you would have a one-year limit. It's called a new site, um, new site limit, where basically if you're a new website or a new domain, you get a push down in the list. But if you already had your domain up and a landing page up running for a year, you get a boost from that. So the number one is like, just build a landing page, see what happens. Um, verify your idea first with landing page. I think it's golden um, advice for any would-be web mm -hmm. developer or entrepreneur nice. site. Yeah. Good advice. And what is your favorite programming language just for Finnish? <laughs> maybe it's no, a man. difficult question. I'm, I'm not an IT. I, I'm not a programmer. Maybe it's like a difficult question for a programmer. But yeah. What it's actually really favorite? like functional programming languages are fun for me because they're kind of like abstract and new. So I like, I think Motoko when I first tried it, it felt pretty functional um, because you have type, the whole type system, and there's things that are immutable and not. Um, mm -hmm. But for a first-time developer, and I also think this is something that someone told me earlier as well, like whatever's most productive for you is probably what you should use. Yeah. Uh, JavaScript obviously is front-end, back-end, Node.js, TypeScript is whatever. We have even TypeScript on the IC now. So it's one of the like three languages you can choose. You can choose Rust, Motoko, or TypeScript. And I think just the whole JS TypeScript background will give you a lot of opportunities because even with everything else, you use NPM, um, to download dependencies a lot of the time. So just learning JavaScript is probably pretty mm -hmm. good starting point. Awesome, great. Okay, yeah, that's all. Thank you so much, Wyatt Veno, for your time today. Uh, all the best in the, on your projects on Kinnick and uh, ICME Labs. Good luck also with Human. Uh, looking forward for, for see the new updates and, and the growth of, of 
the companies. That's pretty, pretty cool. One of the best uh, projects in the entire ecosystem on ACP. Yeah, and thank you so much for staying with us today. Yep, thank you so much. Okay, see you. Thank you, bye-bye.